Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Stephanie Stuck, the one only, here with you today. Welcome to our live stream. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I apologize for the background, but the hotel wouldn't give me a late checkout, so I'm having to live stream. <laughs> hey, we... Look outside my room. <laughs> <laughs> you persevere, whatever. And, and, and that's going to... That's, that's right. Up, upward and onward, and that's, that's going to be adding into the theme that we're going to be talking about that's today right. anyway, right? This ties right into our theme. You just got to <laughs> roll with it. That is right. <laughs> well, hey, really quick, before we, we tee up the topic here today, where are you tuned in from today? Where in the world is, it's not Carmen San Diego anymore, it's Stephanie Stuckey. It's Coronado. So it's outside of San Diego. I am at the most beautiful hotel. And despite not getting the late checkout, I give them very high remarks. It's called the Hotel Del Coronado. This is where they film Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And it's so old that the lighting was personally installed by Thomas Edison. Wow. Yeah. He, he was in residence here installing the lighting. It was one of the first electric structures in the state of California and is the second largest wood structure in the country. It is the most phenomenal hotel and I absolutely love it here. Unbelievable. Even if I to hang out in the, in the breezeway. <laughs> in the highways and byways of the, well, we're going to have to yeah. do a show just on that hotel down the road a little bit, but Hey, yeah. tons of folks are commenting. We'd love to get, you know, bring your comments, bring your voice. We'll be shouting out to a few folks in just a minute, but Hey, Stephanie today, of course, we're continuing our new smash series unscripted with Stephanie Stuckey. And today we're going to be talking about inflation and a possible or likely according to many recession. We're going to be picking Stephanie's brain on some things that business leaders can do to help them navigate the tricky path ahead, right? Absolutely. So stay tuned. And hey, we want to hear, you know, what your suggestions are. All right. These have been, goes without saying the last couple of years, the hits and the uncertainty continues to, to come and we've got some challenging months ahead. But hey, before we dive in, we've got a really cool warm up question. But before we do, Stephanie, let's see who is with us. Man, we've got a slew of folks, starting with Georgiana is with us. Uh, Georgiana, let us know where you're tuned in from. Nicole is in. Stephanie's story, she says, and marketing approach is so much fun to follow. I agree with you, Nicole. How about that? Joshua loves a Georgia-grown product. Stephanie, your response? We are Georgia-grown certified. We source 100% of our pecans from local farmers. And the Georgia-grown program, I can't say enough good things about it by the Georgia Department of Agriculture. They promote companies that source at least 80% of their product locally. I'm curious if others are familiar with that program. And also if you know of other states that do programs like that, it is such a great economic boon for our agricultural community. That is so well said. Uh, and thank you, Joshua, for pointing that out via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Let us know where you're tuned in from. You know, Stephanie, my father-in-law, Fred Midkiff, 
is one of the shareholders in a distillery up in the North Georgia mountains. And after we chatted all things supply chain, they were able to, to resource some of their, like their blueberry mixes to a farm in Georgia and get it locally. So all about Georgia grown, you know? Well, Alamo, Georgia, I'm sorry, Alma, Georgia. Let me get my Alma. city straight. Alma, Georgia is the blueberry capital of Georgia. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to track Fred down and see if, if yeah. it may be Alma where he's getting some of their supplies from. What's the distillery? Um, I love it, a good distillery. Amanda, it is actually, you know what? It is Granddaddy Mims. Oh, it is wait. right there. Wait, oh my gosh. Yeah. They are awesome. And I need to follow up with them. So fun fact, one of the collaborations that Stuckey's is doing, and I'm a big believer, collaboration for small businesses and entrepreneurs is the gateway to scaling your business. Mm. So we are working with this wonderful group that is doing gravel roll cycling events. And they're calling it the Stucky gravel roll because we do the pecan log roll. And right. they partnered with Granddaddy Mims. Awesome. And they had their gravel roll, their last gravel roll event met at Granddaddy Mims. Really? And I've been there. I was up there. It's beautiful. It is. So I had no idea. It, hey, it is a small world. Business. Yeah. It really is. And Tommy Townsend is the lead, fearless leader uh, of the distillery. And of course, he is a bona fide a country recording artist. In fact, Shooter Jennings has been producing his album. So we'll to get everybody connected. And we're going to have to do one of these, Stephanie, yeah. up at Granddaddy yeah. Mims soon. And talk about the art of the side hustle. Like, I love that, you know, a lot of us have other... We, He's a recording artist and he has a distillery. Right. We all need those side hustles. <laughs> That's, That's right. For recession, right? That's right. It ties right into our topic today. The more side hustles you have, the more you can survive the tough times. Uh, that is right. And and so let, let's talk about that. And, and so welcome to everybody. We're going to work in your comments as often as we can throughout the conversation. But today, as Stephanie just laid out, we're talking about you know what business leaders at the core of what we're talking about here today, what business leaders can do to navigate uh, the months ahead. So let's dive in with our fun warm-up question. And folks, we'd love to hear your answer to this question too. It's National Food Truck Day, Stephanie. And so, you know, we got to love all these incredible culinary artists that serve up delectable food and not just in the States, but really around the world. So Stephanie, what's one of your favorite food trucks of all time? So I have always loved this food truck. When I was in college, I did my year abroad in Aix-en-Provence, France, and there was this food truck that did crepes and it was called Crepe-A-Go-Go. <laughs> and it's just the best name. And the reason not only were the crepes delicious, but like my business mind is going, I think crepes are such a great opportunity for a business because the margins got to be so great. It costs almost nothing for the batter and the ingredients are minimal right and you can whip them up really quickly so i'm just giving this fabulous idea out there if anyone wants to do an american version of crepe go go and i'm sure nobody will <laughs> come after you for taking that name because this was 35 years ago in Aix-en-Provence. Right. so right the name i doubt they've trademarked it so crepe go go or come up with your own name but a crepe love truck it. love it that's yeah. my that's my food truck but want to hear what others so what we're going to so share your favorite food truck. I'll tell you, I'm going to live vicariously through Amanda. Uh, and a big thanks to Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes, helping to make the production happen today. Amanda's Soul Trucking Good. That is a good, great food truck name. And the Bento Bus. So how about that? And Amanda, tell us about the food at both of those places if you can. All right, let's see who else weighed in here. Tony says, 
I would walk, maybe walk through Eastman, maybe the Eastman Stuckies and visit the store there way back when. How about that, Stephanie? Thank you. That store sadly is now shuttered. That was Stucky store number one, but I hope to become profitable enough where we can revive that store. It, it, it was a special experience. You remember the Mina Bird? Yes. We used to have a talking Mina Bird named Corky. Really? We yeah. Oh, and somebody else has commented on, oh, Amanda has. She's given us some more insight into the food truck, the soul yes. truck. And we'll, I'll, I'll circle back on that in just a second. But thank you, Tony, for mentioning Stucky's yes, good old you. number one. So we'll see. We'll hopefully get that thing reinvigorated. Let's see. This is a LinkedIn user. And hey, Amanda and Catherine, let me know who this is. Georgia Grown Content on Thea Network. So y'all check that out. Thank you for sharing that as well. What Cody. Is that? is that like a LinkedIn site or is that a, is that a network on TV? I'm not familiar. So let us know. So I don't have, so, so folks, sometimes yeah. if your comments show up like this, it means you've got kind of a security setting on your LinkedIn profile. So oh. it doesn't come through. But Catherine and Amanda will will find out who that was and let us know what the network is. We'd love to better understand that. Cody is talking about one of our favorite topics around here, Stephanie, tacos. He says too many street tacos to mention, right? I went uh, to the best taco shop, by the way, in San Diego. It was called Lucha Libre. Okay. And it had a Mexican wrestling theme, you know, with the the mask. Right. <laughs> the whole, the whole man, the whole, the whole enchilada, Ooh. huh? the whole thing. And they had a special booth that was completely laid out in gold with like this giant Lucha Libre poster in the back. Man, wow. I mean, it was, it was really fun and the food was amazing. I love a good themed <laughs> restaurant, right? I do too. I'm a little off track from the truck, but, but it fits in with the food truck, like a good theme with a good name and a vibe. And then you match it obviously with good food, but that branding and that marketing piece, to me is a good part of what really makes it special. Well said, Stephanie. It sounds like everything but the body slam was there. Let me share this here. Right. Mark says that the Bento bus is a truck that he visits every Wednesday in Smyrna, Georgia. Small world, Mark. I got to check it out. All right. I'm going to share a couple of the quick uh, comments and we're going to keep moving. Uh, Nicole says, Stuckies was one of the convenience store stops that would work well with chargers. I could easily look through that store and eat pecan rolls long enough to charge a car. How about that, Stephanie? We have charging at two locations and soon to be a third with Tesla, a partnership with Tesla. And I will say we have tried to get other stores involved. The challenge is that most of the charging infrastructure, they want you to pay for the charging. But Tesla has a great business model where they will install the charging infrastructure. Nice. Without okay. any charge, money charge to right, the right, store. Right. So we're in Somerton, South Carolina. And Old Fort, North Carolina has Tesla charging and soon to be announced a third. Very cool. You know, Stephanie, I cannot keep up with all the comments from your friends across social, but we're going to do our best here. James talks about the best street taco truck in El Rincon, north of Fort Worth, uh, down in awesome. Texas. James, it just sounds delicious. Todd says, super happy to see Stuckey's and the Savannah Bananas partner. Two of Georgia's Love best. the Savannah Bananas. Oh my, we should see if we can get Jesse Cole. Yes. On Oh, I'm such a fangirl of Savannah Bananas <laughs> and Jesse Cole and the experience that they've managed to create. Anyone interested in branding, it doesn't matter if you don't like baseball, but if you don't like baseball, I do question you know, <laughs> your sanity. But if you're interested in branding, follow Savannah Bananas. That is right. All right. One final comment before we move right along. This is 
from Elizabeth Brewer. Hello, cousin. Is that, is that your cousin, cousin, Stephanie? Hey, Liz. Hey. hey. <laughs> Thank you. Um, bless the ties that bind for sure. So, Liz, great to see you here today. Thanks for tuning in. And let us know what you're thinking about these topics as we work our way through the conversation. Okay. So moving from food to travel, Stephanie, first off, anyone that loves any food, travel, nostalgia, great marketing, a great story, leadership, they got to follow you across social. But speaking of travel, what's your favorite place you visited all week? So I'm actually going to diverge from my usual, which is the road trip and talk about an air travel experience. And that is the TWA hotel that used to be the TWA air terminal connected to JFK airport and love to see in the comments if anyone's heard of it or stayed there. But if you've seen the movie with Leo DiCaprio, catch me if you can. Yes. It was filmed there. So it's a beautiful retro modernism hotel vibe designed by famous architect Eero Saarinen, who designed the St. Louis Arch and Dulles Airport. And they were going to completely destroy the terminal when it, they decommissioned it about a decade ago. And instead they saved it. They turned it into a hotel. The best part of the hotel, they retrofitted an old TWA jet and it is the hotel bar. It's amazing. Yeah. And the rooftop pool is like this long linear pool and you are right over the tarmac. So you see all the airplanes taking off. Best experience. And they, when I was there, I saw no less than six fashion shoots. It's like everyone there is hip, trendy, and beautiful. So get your game on if you're going to stay there. <laughs> uh, sneak peek, and then we're going to move into the main topic here today. One place you'll be headed to next week, Stephanie. Oh, sorry. Jekyll Island, Georgia. Jekyll Island, Georgia. We were just talking yeah. about the wildlife in Jekyll Love Island. But you're you're going to be there, yeah. I think, delivering a keynote, right? Yes. It's an educator group, and I'm kicking off their annual conference. Wonderful. Man, you've been doing a ton of keynotes and yes. crossing the country and, and then some, huh? Yeah, and for entrepreneurs out there looking for additional income, really consider honing your speaking skills and marketing that aspect of your business, especially if you've got something that's, a, that's special and pitch to people that obviously are a good fit for your brand. Yep. So I, if anyone listening wants to sort of share tips about how to get speaking gigs, I welcome that. I think it's a wonderful way to spread the message, not just about your brand. You can talk right. more about the entrepreneurial experience or whatever you're, I talk a lot about manufacturing, family-based businesses, reviving family brands, branding for nostalgic brands. So come up with your topics that are special to you, but yeah, I, I enjoy it too. Love it. Uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, and, and, yeah. and there's a ton of, of passion and authenticity. Same thing from your, your spots uh, when, as we have you on shows at Supply Chain Now and uh, here today as we continue the conversation. So check out if you've got keynoting, speaking best practices or tips, or you want to compare those notes, uh, bring those into the comments. Gary, this is awful nice. Loving Stephanie's store, uh, stories on LinkedIn. I agree. And Thank following you. the second rise of Stuckey's. How cool is that, Stephanie? Thank you, Gary. Really appreciate it. Keep sending those vibes and, you know, eat more pecan log rolls. Take <laughs> <laughs> road trip, that. right? That is right. Okay. So let's uh, let's keep going here because we want to get into, you know, Stephanie and I both as entrepreneurs, you know, we 
we're keeping our finger on the pulse of the economic signals that we're all getting. But regardless, if you're an entrepreneur, startup, or established business, business, if you're corporate America, or just as a consumer, we all are you know, tracking where we're headed. So Stephanie, um, as we are looking to persevere through the economic times ahead, you know, whether it's inflationary, you know, increased costs and pricing really across the board, or the potential recession, likely recession, depends on what, you know, what economic guru you're talking to. What's three things that business leaders can do to navigate through the weeks and months ahead, you think? Yeah. So can I start with a quick story? Please. So this is a story that's been passed down now for three generations with my family about controlling cost and managing recessionary, inflationary times. And it was in my grandfather's day, it was called the $20 rule. And I have to adjust it for inflation. My dad called it the $50 rule it is now the $100 rule. But basically, it is how gas prices are really a bellwether for how the entire economy is performing, right? And that's what we're experiencing now. And so my grandfather's rule was, if it costs more than $20 to fill up at the pump, yeah, then people were not going inside his stores to do anything other than use our bathrooms. They were not, they were, or they might buy some food, but they weren't buying novelties. Mm. So you can see based on how much it costs to fill your car up, how that affects throughout the supply chain, right? So three, my team, and I know a lot of companies that are doing this, right. I'm interested feedback from the groups listening, people listening, how many of you are starting to have those conversations, but we are formulating a strategy around how we're going to survive the recession. And number one is controlling cost. Right. Well, through the supply chain, what can we do to get a handle on freight? That's directly impacted by the high price of diesel. And so how can we, how can we best manage that? And we're, we're doing a, a all of the above strategy. So unfortunately, some of those costs have to be passed on. Right. So we have implemented a diesel surcharge for our, our B2B, our convenience store customers. Right. And we're trying to keep that manageable, but we have, we have applied a diesel surcharge. We start to you bake in the shipping cost with your pricing. And then you also look at how can we coordinate our routing, our truck routing better so that we're getting, we don't want any LTLs, right? No less than right. loads. We want to have our full trucking capacity. So we're not stuck shipping without getting the full benefit of that. So, right. you know, we're looking at that. Then we're also looking at our cost of goods sold. What can we do to innovate? We're actually investing in some equipment and some machinery so we can produce more product at a lower cost, Right, lowering the cost there. I'm, I'm going to say four. We manage trends. Yep. So every single Friday, I'm now doing bullet points to the team saying, here's what's happening in the industry. So following industry publications, obviously reading Wall Street Journal and others that help us keep yep. track of what's happening. What are the trends in our industry? So what are, what are some tips that we can pass along? And then the fourth is managing cash flow. Yep. Every single Monday, we have a team meeting that we kick off the team meeting now with what's our cash flow. Yep. Cash is um, key. It, it really is. Uh, yeah. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. And, and yeah. I appreciate those tips there. You know, I, I think as you were talking about, you know, expenses and, you know, that budgetary wherewithal, I think what's easy to get lost, to lose sight of in this, just in the times we live in, because everything is a subscription, right? And I don't know about you, Stephanie both as a consumer and sometimes hopefully my controller is not listening, 
But Gargs, I love you. But sometimes we can forget about what we subscribe to, even from a business services standpoint. So to your point, Stephanie, I think, you know, auditing, you know, going back and looking at the last two or three months of transactions to make sure you're not forgetting about anything you may have opted into. That's cert certainly something we've done around here in recent months. Yeah. And then I think totally secondly, yeah, really. Yeah. I love your, um, your, one of your items was around, you know, making sure the team at Stuckey's is in the know, right? They've got their finger, their pulse on what's going on um, out in the market. I think that's so critical. And, and kind of along those lines, making sure that as we get the business ready for these challenging times now and, and ahead, making sure the team, the most valuable part of the business, making sure they're ready, right? And, and that can mean a bunch of different things, but at the core, ensuring you've got healthy communication channels with the team and, and trying to get out front of anything they may be uh, experiencing, right? Consistent communication. And I'm curating what I circulate to the Stuckey's team about the trends. Yep. So I'm looking at retail dive, right? And then I also, we sell to grocery stores. Yep. So look at that and Wall Street Journal, other sources. And of course, supply chain now, what y'all <laughs> going on? <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I like who's in our space? Who's uniquely in our space? We follow confectionery trends, candy mm. trends, or people eating more candy in tough times. Usually that is the trend that plays out. And then also looking at, what industries are doing well right. in this time. So people tend to eat out less and cook more. So what can we do to drive more of our sales channels to grocery stores right? as opposed to the convenience stores where they're pulling over for gas? They may not be pulling over as much for gas, or if they are, they're not spending in the stores for mm. our product as much. Mm. What can we do with man inventory management? So we know food is selling more than novelties. So we're going to source less novelties. We're going to really keep a tough eye on what our turns are, what, what the turn rate is in the stores of these yep. products and how many SKUs we're keeping in inventory of some of the slower moving items and really try to tighten up that management yep. of, of the product line. Right. You know what I heard you say there, is is as well as you already know you and the team know your customer you're doubling down to know, to know them inside and out and i love that i think that that's really what business leaders yeah. are doing and we have an 87 year old company so we have the luxury of knowing really those trends haven't changed a whole lot yep. since the 1960s and a lot of it makes total psychological sense like you right. don't have to have all these sophisticated analytics to know human behavior. If you are feeling it at the pump, you're not going to go in and buy a bunch of rubber alligators and <laughs> t-shirts, right? You're not right. spending money on that kind of, I certainly wouldn't call it a luxury, but right. non-essentials. That's but right. But you are going to buy snacks. That's you right. Buy oh. some candy. Hey, right? you got to, pecan logs is what gets us through Right. Uh, tough times, right? It's that comfort food. Yeah. So that, think about what is it in your business that people are still going to want, even right. if they are feeling it at the pump. Yeah. So well said. Hey, a couple of quick comments here. Joshua, uh, completely agree. So many cut their marketing budget first. Gosh, that's a big cardinal Don't sin. Do isn't that. It? Don't right. do that. Yeah. And uh, Amanda, Catherine, let me know who this is. This is a great quote. The CFO of a company I used to work for was fond of saying earnings are an opinion 
Cash is fact. I love that. So, so true. And I am learning how you can, I wouldn't say maybe manipulate, but there are so many different ways that you can put your categories together in your balance sheet and in your profit and loss statement where it looks like you're profitable and you may be on paper, but cash is king. That's right. We, we want to know what is the cash in the bank that God forbid we needed to access it. Mm. So that was Jim Talley, by the way, Jim Talley shared that great quote from the CFO of the company he worked for. Hey, Georgiana, I think you're departing here in a minute. Plasma sporesis is done. I'm going to have to disconnect. Enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thank you. And most definitely, Stephanie Stuckey, continue to do the good work. So, hey, Georgiana, sending you good thoughts, uh, good, healthy thoughts, and, and hopefully you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining. Nicole says, snacks are critical. There's a gas station in Phoenix that has cut their fuel prices lately and made national news, but they're getting a ton of people buying inside their store now. How about that, Stephanie? Oh, if you have the name of that company, share in the comments. I definitely want to look that up. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that, that is great to hear. It really is. Nicole's almost like a, a industry reporter out there in the field. I love that, Nicole. The question is how much of it can they actually control, right? Because so many of those costs are fixed. You have to purchase gas at a certain price. So that's really fascinating to me. I want to learn more. I do too. You know, Stephanie, back way back in my career, I worked for Cisco, right? The, 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 the food distribution company. And one of the folks that, that one of the accounts I helped serve was called the Crab King in Augusta, GA. And I don't remember the guy's name right this minute, but prior to his time in, in the seafood business, he ran a gas station. And, <laughs> and one, <laughs> and one I just of, told him I didn't get a late checkout. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? This is live uh, and authentic. <laughs> Sorry, Crab King. I know that restaurant. Okay. Well, yeah. one and Jerry is his first name. And he was talking about the ups and downs of owning a gas station in the 70s and 80s and some of the the things they had to overcome. But one of his most famous marketing ploys to get traffic was they turned the car upside down in the corner of the gas station. And they got so many, so many people to stop to see if something was like happening there. A lot of them would pull in, they'd fill up tanks, they'd get snacks, whatever. And it was, and it was a, evidently a home run for Jerry and his partner. So, Oh my um, gosh, that is crazy. Whatever um, it takes, right? Yeah, I do. I always think the more conventional, like you get a Muffler man, if anyone's familiar with that, or a, you know, the world's largest ball twine or something right. in, your, in the front, some fiberglass thing, but right. wow, turning um, car upside down, that's a whole new level. Amazing. It is very, very entrepreneurial and disruptive. Whatever brings the traffic. Hey, really quick. You, men- <laughs> you mentioned the Wall Street Journal earlier. I definitely want to mention, I think, a great daily publication that comes out of the Wall Street Journal that I think is free to sign up for is their logistics report. And and Paul Page and the team, it hits my email every day at 7 a.m. And it gives a great kind of just a market intel report, a variety of industries. So y'all check that out. Also, and Amanda and Catherine, not, not sure if you can be Johnny on the spot really quick, but our friend Kathy Morrow-Robertson, who's also a big fan of Stuckey's, puts out Freight Forward which I think is a weekly collection of news and analysis. So uh, we'll see if we can't put the the latest edition of that. Okay. So comments keep coming in. Goodness gracious. How about. Do you think folks can share if they've got like the industry report, if they've got a certain go-to 
weekly industry of news and stuff. Yeah, yes. that, that, that could help us monitor these trends and preferably ones that don't require subscriptions. <laughs> right. That's right. Love the free stuff. And Nicole asks, and you shall receive, Nicole uh, mentions CK Food Mart. That's the, the gas station on the corner of 20th Street and Osborne Road in Phoenix, who slashed the gas prices and brought more brought more uh, snack traffic in. So thank you for that, Nicole. Here's a question. Are you, are you up for questions, Stephanie? Bring them so, on. Okay, we're going to bring on. This is unscripted uh, with the one and only Stephanie Stuckey. So great to have everybody with us. So this LinkedIn user and Amanda and Catherine, if you can fill me in on who this is so we can refer to them by name, you mentioned earlier about having the advantage of 87 years of history for better decision-making. What about those of us that are new entrepreneurs? Any advice you'd have for new or relatively new companies that don't have that historical data? Stephanie? I think industry groups and networking. So the more that you can get involved with others who are in your space and have conversations with ones who've been around longer, and LinkedIn is a great way to find those groups. Right. LinkedIn has groups and they, I find LinkedIn asks me like, oh, are you in the candy group? And I'm like, no, I want to be in the candy club. <laughs> so find those groups and start sharing. And a lot of them like LinkedIn, you can ask questions to the group. Certainly what you do with supply chain now, Scott, like you are a aggregator, a convener, a networker. And so a lot of that is just sort of seeing what the others are doing. Mm. I, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Scott, but I think, you know, you do a lot of that. That's right. You know, information dissemination is a big part of what we like to do here. Create a lot of content, but we also, but we also feature a lot of folks that are not only are they movers and shakers like Stephanie, but they're also great analysts and they offer a great ability to take the news, decipher it, Right. Because you almost got to put a lot of the news through filters these days to get to the real significance of what what the takeaway should be. I, I, I think knowledge, network, you know, where you're spending that time, whether it's in the mornings, if it's in your routine, you know, so that, you know, before you even take an action, make a decision, you know, you're looking at you've got almost daily context. And in the, in the information age, and the data age, the e-commerce age, whatever you want to call 2022, you know, daily context, hourly context is so critical. I also right. don't know what industry he's in, but I do know if you're in the retail business, it depends on the retailer, but don't be shy about asking if they can share some of their sales data with you. Now, there certainly are companies that provide software where you can access your sales data, but it can be quite pricey, yes. but I've found some retailers, depending on the retailer, is willing to share with you data. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Food Lion. They've given us sales data for how our pecans are turning on their snack shelf. Really? Yes. And so starting to amass that data, now it's not historical yet, but just getting that data, what are ways that you can get it? And there's no harm in asking. That's right. You it's know the answer. Enough. If you don't ask, you know the answer. It's no. Yeah. So you so got to ask. Yeah. What are, some, what are some free ways? We're all about... Free stuff. Right. What are some free ways or cost-efficient ways that you can get access to data without some of the, you know, very sophisticated, expensive analytics, which right. I would love to have, but it's not in our budget. We're monitoring our cash flow. <laughs> Wait, Stephanie, going back to that question that we got, that was Jennifer Panapinto. And okay. I apologize if I got your, your last name wrong there, Jennifer, but great question. 
Yes. And uh, we wish you good vibes as you continue to fight the good fight as a fellow entrepreneur. Okay. So one of the comment I want to share is we're talking about, you know, tips for navigating this, this, uh, these financial times we find ourselves in, you know, we had a webinar earlier this week. If I can pull up my notes here and Stephanie, Laura Ciceri joined us. Madhav Durba joined us. Dr. Madhav Durba joined us from Coupa. And one of the main themes, and Laura kind of a spiked the football on the front end, and then it became a theme throughout the hour-long conversation, is, you know, embracing variability, embracing change. You know, as the last couple of years have taught us time and time again, it's just full of change, right? But humans, I'll speak at least for me, <laughs> we're very resistant to change, right? Who moved our cheese? I think as uh, regardless where you are, entrepreneur, business leader, you name it, whatever, wherever you are in the market, trying to work on a mindset that's more open to change because you know it's coming. I think that will really help individuals and their teams and their businesses be in a better position to proactively make, you know, deal with it. But also inevitably, as much as I'd love to pretend everything we do is proactive out in front of the market. Unfortunately, we all get surprised. And so your ability to react and pivot and be and and make not only quick, timely and informed and smart decisions, but new you know, decisions related to new aspects of the business that uh, we can't rely on, you know, our track record all the times. So, Stephanie, your thoughts. And I've got you on mute, Stephanie. I know that we're. Oh, I was going to say that's such a great aspect of it. The mindset. And I wish I could remember who said this, but there was a, yep. uh, but there's this person who spent an entire year reading all the best financial books, the bestsellers, and they were trying to figure out like, what are the absolute best tips? And you know what they said? The number one was, I'll look up who, who did this now. I okay. heard it in the podcast, but the number one was daily meditation. Daily meditation. Most thing you can do to be successful in business, daily meditation. Really? It's getting your mind right. I love and you know, some people aren't like, I'm not into meditating. So I would just say daily, just quiet. If you're religious, it's a devotional. Yeah. If you're not, it's reading inspirational words or clearing your head and walking yeah. and not thinking. Just yes. I'm you with know, you. I'm getting I, I in that mindset so you don't stress. Yes. Well, not only do you not stress, but you unplug a bit from social, from email, from, from, you know, Slack, whatever, and just giving yourself that dedicated time to think through, you know, not only your challenges, but just, you know, think through the business, think through the market, yeah. think through some of, you know, some of what you learned the day before. I think that's yeah. where we've had some eureka yeah. moments, Stephanie. To process. I also just try not to think at all. Just kind of like <laughs> totally clear, just so you're not, it just, it helps clear your mind. I'm with you. But absolutely. It's also a great way. I come up with my best ideas when I go for a run. I run probably three mornings a week or really whenever I can squeeze it in. I go for a run and that's when I get my best ideas. Exercise is good. Wow. It's a great call out. Hey, Thomas here is offering up a resource that some folks may, may not be aware of. He says a lot of summary data can be found in RSS feeds coming from blogs on retail sites. RSS feeds are easy to consume usually free and can be consolidated and consumed easily. That's a great tip, Thomas. Great that tip. is wonderful. Thank you, Tom. Wyatt says, while traveling on interstate, 
I count the number of tractor trailers that pass going the opposite direction for a set time, like five minutes. Compare that to the last time on the same stretch, and it's a pretty accurate leading indicator up or down. Wyatt, I love it. I love that hack. That is awesome. (laughs) Way to go, Wyatt. (laughs) I'm with you. See, Doug says, Stephanie has captured the magic of the past being the new present. Stephanie, how about that? Thank you. I needed to hear that today because I have written a book pitch and I'm working on my book and I've gotten two that are interested, but I've gotten three, four rejects and all of them were like, oh, we think it's a little too nostalgic and in the past. And so I'm like, I got to, I got to revise the book pitch to make sure it's like, I'm not living in the past. (laughs) It's a balance. That's right. And what's old is new again. I got to mention this again. I mentioned this earlier this week on the buzz. Uh, which, by the way, Supply Chain Buzz, every Monday, 12 noon, find us at Supply Chain Now for uh, let some of the latest news. Why are we not, we, we, yeah, that's a great resource. Assume that. But get, thank you, Stephanie. Hey, get this, though. You know, Top Gun 2 is all the rage. I haven't seen a movie make this big a splash in forever. So my son, who is just outside my home studio here, and, and he's in the Fortnite age, right, him and his buddies, I heard him the other day talking about what is the, the famous song, Danger Zone. Danger Zone from that first Top so Gun. So many great songs in that right. Take My Breath Away. Right. Yeah. So, but he and his friends have, have latched on to this Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. And to hear them talk about it, it's almost like it was just released this week. So what's old is new and cool again, for sure. You know, I, I can't believe you raised Top Gun because while I was in San Diego, Coronado, for this conference, of course, I took an afternoon off to do right. some exploration and my favorite place was the dive bar where they filmed top gun really it's in san diego okay and it's actually called kansas city barbecue it is a barbecue (laughs) joint but it's not really it's mostly this bar and everything is still there if you've seen the original movie which i'm a gen xer i think i saw it five times it's not have (laughs) i seen it it's how many times how many times have i seen it right but the scene with the piano, the piano oh, yeah. still Great there. Great balls of fire, of course. That's right. The jukebox at the very end, like closing scene with the quarter in the jukebox, that jukebox is still there. Wow. Yeah. Man, a road trip must see for sure. Yes. Um, yes. Hey, really quick, I want to share. So speaking, going back way back to jogging and, and running, Russ Thorne, dear friend of mine, I think he's also a champion jogger he's in marathons and what and and whatnot he's also a big fan of that daily quiet time so russ aka the judge uh great to see you hope you and your family are doing well hey gene pledger's with us the pride of north alabama gene great to see you here today michael harris says he'd love to see a stuckey's pop-up brand experience stephanie how about that i would too it's finances we're we're going to need more resources to do that. And we're going to just need to be a little bit more profitable, but definitely I love the idea that's more affordable. If you can't, if you don't have the capacity or the finances to put together a brick and mortar retail, and that gets back to food truck, food truck is akin to a pop-up experience. Right. I also would love to be at festivals and these two to three day events where you can have a booth, Right. But all that costs money and you need people to staff it. But absolutely. Soon. It's It's on the list. It's in the plan. In the plan. I love it. It's in there. What I can't remember who's tagged now. I think that might have been Ragu or or Prego. It's in there. Frank offers a great tip. 
hey, self-publish that book. There's plenty of ways to do it. I am looking at that and it's fascinating. The book industry, we could do a whole show on that. Uh, the money is really in self-publishing, mm. but I just do not have the time or capacity or patience to deal with that. And I think it also depends on what your goals are. My goal is not to necessarily make money off the book. Right. Although my agent would say, no, it's to make money off the book. I do want to make money, but it's to promote the message and the brand and get the stucky story out there shamelessly to promote sales of our product and right. to get more speaking gigs and speaking gigs can be connected with selling the book. So for my goals, which is more focused on branding, right. I'm okay with getting a publisher because publishers can bring the resources right. to get you in more bookstores and structure. But it depends on the publisher. I've heard horror stories about publishers who don't really promote the book. Huh. So well, uh, speaking that's a whole of books. other topic that's fascinating. Yes. I do have two publishers that I like that are interested. So we'll see. We'll Keep see what fingers happens. crossed. I may end up self-publishing. I don't rule out options, right? That's right. Uh, future yeah. episode will be on uh, Stephanie Stuckey's book. By the way, you might need need Michael Young to offer up prefacing. He says, uh, huge. he is a huge Stephanie Stuckey supporter. She's what American business needs. Smart, brave, engaging, and patriotic. Happy to join this discussion as a marketer and a first-generation American. Hey, Thank Michael, you. welcome. How awesome is yeah. that, Stephanie? Yeah. And love the shout out to our country. I'm all about supporting America and American made products and 4th of July is coming up. So great time to celebrate and be patriotic. Yes. Be grateful for uh, what we have. Uh, all right. So I want to switch over to one of my favorite topics, Stephanie, uh, even in the most, in the most challenging of weeks and days and even hours, if you look really hard, you can always find some good news. So over the past week or so, what's been your favorite nugget of good news? Well, it ties into 4th of July that we are starting to see sales pick up. And right. so holidays often drive sales. Right. And people tend to be more in a happy vacation spending mode. And that definitely benefits us and many others in the supply chain sector and entrepreneurs. So it's been a good time. Summer officially kicked off June 21st ended by 4th of July. So we've got some great celebratory times coming up. Certainly Juneteenth, I wouldn't say that's like a celebration, but that was a long weekend. So long weekends are very helpful to driving sales. So that's my good news is I am very thankful for the holiday season and summer season. That is great news. Uh, especially I saw a report earlier that in May overall, retail sales in the U.S. were down a smidge. So just to see sales up at Stuckey's, that is a wonderful piece of good news. Here's a great comment from Oma Cox. Change is the future. Learning how to step into it and profit. Interchanging experience with the new tools and methods. That's like Shakespearean prose there. I love that. No, uh, like, can Cox. I please, can Amanda please <laughs> let me see all these? These are amazing. Thank you. But he goes on to say, by the way, Stuckey's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi was our first stop going to the beach. Kids loved it. That's one of our best stores. So thank you. And you know why it's so good? Good management. Really? Okay. Yeah. We're going to yeah. hey, we're gonna have to bring them on one day. Yeah. The uh, owners are amazing. It's a husband and wife team. 
they really care about the customer experience. They're customer forward. And uh, shout out to Jesse Cole again. Maybe this will help get him on our show. He has two books. The first was Find Your Yellow Tux, and the, the second one is all about the customer experience. I think okay. it's called Be Customer Centric or something like that, but focus on the customer. That's why Love it's it. a good store. Love that. Uh, all right. So I've got another question for you, Stephanie. And again, you can always 86 in the restaurant industry or veto these questions. I think we've talked about this before, so I think you'll be okay with this. Have have you entertained the idea of letting people invest in Stuckies? We have a lot, and we're hitting the pause button on that. I wouldn't say the no button, but definitely the pause button. Here's the challenge with Stuckies. I'm going to be fully transparent with our finances, is that we are too small for most private equity. Hmm. And they will ask us, what can you do with 10 million? What, how would you spend 10 million? How would you go to the company? We really just need about 2 million. And the challenge is for 10 million, given where our finances are right now, they would own the company. <laughs> right. So we're really not at a space where we, once you dig down deeper, where we're attractive for private equity. Yep. And also private equity just and I don't want to totally generalize, but they tend to have motives that are financially based. Totally respect that. Yep. But we're brand, we're brand building. I'm looking for a 10, 20, 30 year investment plan to grow this company. Yep. Or maybe not investment, but, but finance right. plan, pulling together the capital needed to grow this company. And so we have been very fortunate that we have been able to get Financing the old-fashioned way, which is debt financing. Right. We have great small community bank partners. I'm a huge fan of small community banks. They really give you that personal connection. Our bank yep. is Planners First Community Bank in Hawkinsville, Georgia, and they've been just terrific partners for us. They give us a line of credit. They process our SBA loan. But you have to service that debt. So that's the other thing. Our balance sheets aren't as attractive because we, are, we do have debt. We're carrying debt. Right. We haven't missed a single payment. We are showing that we have strong revenue to meet the debt, but again, not as strong an opportunity. Having said that, I will look at, and it's just on my list, uh, do we want to do some sort of crowdfunding? So Seed Invest and some of those other platforms we have, we have considered. It's a huge investment of time to, yeah. to generate that financing. So it, to be considered. To be continued, and this truly is unscripted yeah. with Stephanie Stuckey. You're getting the, the frank uh, answers to your questions here. I want to pull this up here. Uh, Aline, I think if I got that wrong, let me know. But I agree with you. Juneteenth is you always know, Right after I said that, I was like, I shouldn't have said that. It is a celebration. So I was just thinking, thank you, because I was like, I don't want to like interrupt the flow. But right. 100%, I, I just thought also, you know, it's associated with slavery as well. And so there's right. a somber aspect to that occasion, but hundred percent it's a celebration. And, but I agree. I was just know. down. So Stephanie, I was just down yeah. in Galveston with my dear friend, Kevin L. Jackson, where yeah. he has been leading a group that purchased the 1861 U S custom house in Galveston, which is the birthplace of Juneteenth. And they are building a modern age forward looking museum and a, a, a very practical conference center. Hope for Justice is going to have a research center there. It's, it's big, big news. Where's this going to be? 
in, in Galveston, right? Galveston. The, I did not know that was no. the birthplace of Juneteenth. That's right. General Order Number Three. Galveston was one of the last places in the country that General Order Number Three and freeing the slaves, where the news reached uh, everyone it should. And so there at 1861 Custom House, I've been it. It is it is remarkable what Kevin and the team are doing. So y'all check that out. Add Galveston to your list of places to go to. I gotta go. But yeah. great call out. And Stephanie, who knows? Maybe we'll take a team, whole team, and go down to get uh, together to visit Kevin and and uh, the Custom House there. Okay. So thank you all for all of the comments here today. We tried to take as many as we could. Great questions, by the way. This unscripted series is, is largely kind of in prototype or, or experiential phase. Stephanie is, of course, a home run collaborator. Going back to one of her first points she made, we're also big fans of, of you know, I don't like to call it a comeback journey, you know, because it, you you already come back. Now you're just building. Yeah, you're building. Quote, and building. Oh, cool, Jay, right? Don't call it a comeback. I'm, I'm already there. That's been right. here. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I got to get it right before somebody starts correcting me. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Yes. I love that one, too. And Jack, I would invest in Stuckey's as a crowdfunding platform. Some some quick market Thank response you, there. Jean, uh, Jean says, your marketing authenticity and grassroots vision, I believe, will overcome and is what sets Stuckey's apart. Outstanding. Uh, a lot you. of the comments here. All right. So let's do this. First off, how can folks connect with you, Stephanie? And then we're going to share a little bit about how they can connect with Supply Chain now before you sign us off. Okay. I'm going to just put my email address in the thing. You can message me via LinkedIn, but I get a lot of spam in my LinkedIn inbox. If anyone has some pointers on how to manage that, I have asked one of our staffers at Stuckey's to help me start managing that inbox because it's been a lot for me, but my email is a little better. I would just say, try not to send me questions and right. uh, requests, right. But, but, but need some time to get back product sometimes is cumbersome if it's not in our space, but mm. happy to, to read what everyone says. But sometimes people, I just think they indiscriminately, they just go into LinkedIn and they just like spam you and it's overwhelming. So right. yeah, Box. the email, the email I tend to circulate with groups like this, that I have a high degree of confidence are going to reach out in a yep. way that is appropriate. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Of so that's the best way to reach my email. So Amanda dropped her email there. And of course, if you're watching you. this right now, then that means you're connected to or following Stephanie across at least three of her social channels. She's as pointed out by many people earlier today, outstanding person to follow and love the stories and just the frankness with which Stephanie shares. Ted is offering up a great piece of advice as we close here. After exercise, you should eat pecans, especially after running. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> Ted good. is total shout out to Ted. He is on our board and he is a marketer extraordinaire. Ted, if you ever want to be on the show, you are invited. He wrote a fabulous book and Ted was the one who's told me all about publishing because he went through a major national publishing house, but also knows a lot about self-publishing. But he wrote a book called Fizz Marketing and his firm is called Fizz Marketing. It's all about word of mouth. Okay. I love That's it. Really the best form of marketing, right? That's where you get the long-term customers that aren't going to be fickle, but people who like your brand so much that they're going to refer it to their friends, families, associates. That's right. that's the that's the good stuff. That's the marketing you want. 
I agree. I agree. And, but anytime I hear the word fizz, I go to, to Coke's. I go to uh, cheer wine yeah. uh, on our, our upcoming family vacation. I'll make sure the kids are able to crack at least a bot one bottle of cheer wine. If you don't know what that is, it's a great uh, cherry flavored drink from, from North Carolina. Salisbury, North Carolina. That is right, Stephanie. Well, yeah. we're going to have to have, uh, I love cherry wine. we're going to have to have a Coke or soda pop oriented yeah. episode soon. Okay. Folks, make sure you connect and follow Stephanie, uh, follow the St- Stucky's journey. I'll tell you what you've seen in the last hour uh, is exactly what you get time and time again. And you got to track the progress. Make sure you visit a store and so you can see uh, the stories in person. Um, If you love all things global business, all things supply chain, logistics, digital transformation, you name it, uh, you can learn more about supply chain now. We're proud to be collaborators with Stephanie and her team. Uh, You can find us at supplychainnow.com, or you can find many of our shows wherever you get your podcasts from, including the main, uh, the mothership, as it were, uh, Supply Chain Now, and subscribe so you don't miss anything wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and soon, Unscripted is coming. Uh, Dedicated RSS feed going back to what I think Tom shared earlier. So it is in the hopper. Okay, Stephanie. Uh, on behalf of Amanda and Catherine and our Supply Chain Now team, thanks for joining us here today as you're on the road. It's a pleasure. I've got my 18 pages of notes based on what you shared today and some of the cool stories. But, hey, I'm passing the time. Take us home if you would. Well, let me just echo your thanks because a lot goes into creating these shows. So, Amanda and Catherine, we don't see you, but we definitely see your impact in putting this amazing show together. And, Scott, mm. Thank you for all you do with Supply Chain Now. So closing it out, I would just say times are tough, but we are tougher. Mm. And we've survived recessions before. And I think the optimistic note that I want to end on is all of the, not all of them, but a lot of brands that we love were founded during economic hard times. Stuckey's was founded during economic hard times. Krispy Kreme, one of my favorites, Revlon, Microsoft, Target, Uber, Airbnb, MailChimp, on and on and on. All of those brands were founded during economic hard times. And I actually think they were founded not despite, but because of, because hard times force you to innovate. So we're going to get through this and we're going to get through it stronger. That's my closeout. Let's do it. Thanks, Stephanie. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.